Hello, and welcome to another episode of Improperly Packaged, a show where we unbox topics related to movies, TV, games, whatever. I am Jordan. With me is Luke. How are you, Luke? I'm well. Hello, everyone. Woohoo! We're back. We're back. You know, this is the summer of movies, the summer of movies and movie reviews. Hope you, you like know, it. I was just thinking about that, actually. Definitely agree with you. I was just thinking, man, there's been a lot. Yeah. It's been a lot recently. My wife was even saying, like, you should have just gotten the Unlimited Club again. It would have saved you so ah. much money over the last two months. Yeah, I, I mean. Definitely right, as I pay $17 for another RPX movie for this week. Or probably 18 after DAGs. Ah, uh, true. It's, geez, Louise. Yeah. Is Unlimited <laughs> still 23 or? Yeah, it's still that. Or, uh, it's Regal Unlimited. Yeah. For those who don't know. Regal Unlimited, yeah, it's like, what I do is like, uh, Amber, she once, you know, she had the baby, she doesn't care as much about seeing the movie, so she's like, I'm going to cancel mine, you should probably keep yours though, and she'll go and see like some choice movies with me, probably like every other month or so, but I, I go see a lot of movies, either with you, or just a random movie alone, I'll just be like, alright, I'll see. Just with know. a random person off the street. Well, Hi, sir. <laughs> Practically, yes. I mean, whoever it is sitting next yeah, to me, true. I don't know them. It's true. <laughs> I We're don't doing know this? Them. Let's do this. All as right. you're walking towards the same theater door. <laughs> yeah, I just look down as they're sitting, and I'm like, you ready? Oh. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Here we go. And I sit down next to them slowly and look at them and for a bit. Scream and run out of the theater and get the security right. guard. I try making comments to them during the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> there's some creep in my theater i'm pretty sure my unlimited pass would have been revoked a long time ago he said he's captain unlimited i don't i don't uh, know what that means <laughs> remember that guy remember him that's me the guy popped out of the poster i want them to bring that back lord goodness gracious that that regal opening is starting to really just eat at my soul. goofy as that was it's better than Oh my Hi, gosh. you guys. This place is nice in my apartment. <laughs> Shut up. There was, okay, I don't, I'm trying to remember what movie I was watching, but like, I was watching some movie and there were two people next to me. It was, uh, oh, it was the movie we're about to talk about. But, um, <laughs> it, it was, sense. they were like enjoying it. They, I couldn't believe it that, that they were like quoting some of it to each other. They were like, uh, like looking at each other, like we love this. And I was just like, it can't be maniacs. I know. I I started to fear for my safety a little your bit. Parents, they were grown adults. <laughs> oh man, sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I had to tell them to be quiet during the movie, so you, you know you shouldn't like this. Stop liking That's this. That's not not that. It was them trying <laughs> to talk during the movie. I feel like it's I don't know we're we're rambling or whatever. I feel like it's been too long since I have made a statement. I think this is why. I think that's probably why they talked. They didn't listen to this podcast and hear me say this. It's true. We need Just to reemphasize. A reminder on the obvious. It's rude to talk during the movie in a movie theater. Are you freaking kidding me? Snay on the Upid Snay. Please. Please. Enough of the Upid Stay. Yeah, it's it's obnoxious. This person like leaning over and when they were when the title card was like Amsterdam, it was like, 
oh, our, our cousin went there. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> that was an important thing to tell her. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's all some immediate information that needed to be conveyed right there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> On with the show. Are we? Yep. Is there going to be a point where we're just we just cut it off? Like Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard, you're cut off. We we can no longer discuss this until it's done. <laughs> is there something else that happened? I mean, yeah. Okay, so the 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 FCC they're they're finished at this point. They're like, okay, we'll stop. FTC. FTC. Thank you. Yeah. And um. So they're they're it's done. Every the deal's done in America. The, Dell has been thrown in. Yeah, the the CMAs is the Country Music Awards is the only thing that's remaining, and they extended the uh, deadline so they can try to clean this up. They extended it to right. like October, and so it was like, here it comes. Eh, not so much. So. Yeah. We're done. Thick. It was yesterday, I think. I think it was the 18th. Yep. The original. I'm done. We're done. We're done. I, I just can't. This news is They just, just need to close. I mean, I, I don't really close. even. Like, you can deal with the EU stuff later. I think they've already got them where they want them. Right. I don't know why it has to be so clean, and but I don't know. It's just I. <sighs> I did notice one thing. Um, IGN had a story that all of the Call of Duties, dating all the way back to. I want to say Call of Duty Two, which I didn't even know it had like online multiplayer. But so literally, even before I believe I'm right on this, before Modern Warfare, it definitely went all the way back to the first Modern Warfare. I could be wrong on that, but it's but it's basically like everyone: Ghost, Black Ops, Black Ops Two, Vanguard, all the freaking ones. They've opened up all the lobbies so people can now play multiplayer, all the yeah. way way back. So all the games that that were working on backwards compat on Xbox now you can play that online. Whereas like you could kind of play it, but there was like I guess there was some kind of issues with the servers, but they like reopened them. I went in the other night. Immediately got into a Modern Warfare 2 game, which is a 2009 game. I'm curious. It's really cool. And I it, wondered if yeah, it had anything really to do with this. Like, I love that crap. Okay, now we can do something because we don't have to put on our act anymore. I, I you know, I, I kept thinking that when I heard that news. I was like, okay, that's some timing. You know, like the eve before like the actual deadline is well, the original deadline. And so I... I can't, it's hard for me to think that that's a coincidence. Did you do you know if it's just for uh, Xbox or have you heard if like PS3 or whatever can? I think, <laughs> it, I think it was any games. Um, okay, yeah, it was on Instagram. I can try to find it while we talk about other stuff, but I thought it was just they just opened it up like period. It's very interesting, but yeah, my main uh, concern as far as like, you know, it's like this is happening. Why why wouldn't I just, I'm going to like just look forward to whatever benefits it gives me as a gamer who has, you know, Game Pass and all that stuff. Um, I I really do hope they just open wide the whole backward, they like say, okay, we're going to open up the backwards compatibility, I mean, and just, you know, release a lot of these 360 and 
Xbox One games or no, you don't have to do anything for that. But the Xbox 360 games, mm-hmm. there's so many Activision Blizzard games that were out for that. So I would hope they would bring a lot of that stuff that like some of the stuff that isn't compatible right now. Was a lot of it is, of course, but I would hope they bring a lot of that stuff in. That would be nice. That'll be good for me. That's what I like. <laughs> That's what it's I all like. That Give me some old crap. <laughs> Anywho, I've Luke, not been able to find it. I'm sorry. It's I thought okay. I would be able to. I forgive you. I kind of wanted to know, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> talking would, about it, that would be an interesting thing. If it was just for Xbox, that would be, uh, you know, even more credit to the thought that it's because of this deal winding down or whatever. But who knows? Who knows? Okay, man. here we go. This is the. This is the. Uh, it wasn't IGN. It was actually a gamer update. Um, yeah, so it includes the first Call of Duty, Call of Duty 2, Call Dang. of Duty 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the original, World at War, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops, Modern Warfare 3, Black Ops 2, Ghosts, Advanced Warfare, Black Ops, every single Call of Duty. Um, old Call of Duty servers are being flooded with players. It appears that matchmaking for older Call of Duty games, including Call of Duty yeah, all those ones I said, have been fixed on 360. So it looks like it's an Xbox deal. Yeah. Previously, Xbox 360 players were unable to load into matches despite the active communities across each game. This comes by way of of Tweet, who shared a video. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know why that happened, but thank you, Activision. Absolutely. Um, before we get into it, I, and we're, while we're talking about Xbox, I do want to bring this up because I think this is interesting news. The This whole thing with uh, Xbox uh, Gold and uh, Game Pass Core. Have you heard about this? Just like the tiniest little story, but yeah, share more detail. Yeah, so basically they're doing away with the, the moniker of... Uh, Xbox Gold, Games with Gold, all that stuff. It, it's done right now. So what they're doing is replacing it with uh, Game Pass Core, which the main differences are is that, I, you know, I would say the main differences are the one, the wording, like the branding, and two, they're doing away with like the two free uh, or however many games with gold free a month. They're doing away with that yeah. and instead like three. Yeah. yeah, it was like at some point it was four and then it became three and that, then it became two. It was like winding down on its own, honestly. Um, and then like uh, and so instead of that, you get basically a, a pared down version of Game Pass, um, which is basically just like 20 pretty big, you know, games like some of the bigger games, 20 of them um, that will grow. OK, I had slowly. It'll like slowly add game like a few a year or whatever, but like uh, that that's kind of what it is, which you know on its face is nice. Like that's a not not a bad thing to do. I, I think it's I, I think that sounds relatively decent. That being said, man, I I thought games were with gold was kind of was kind of dope. Like the it, for a while, but I then also it, thought Xbox Live was by far the best name for any of these online services. Right. I just thought it just was perfect. It just, I, I thought it was a cool name from day one. I was so excited. It's funny how like the, that's how naming goes. It will like, you'll take something like Xbox Live Gold, and then you'll remove the live 
and then you <laughs> then you just switch the gold over and then you have you know gold and game pass and you get away with gold and just it's all game pass it's just yeah. I, I don't know how it works i mean playstation did the same thing with playstation plus and then there was playstation now now there's playstation plus and that's it uh, the different tiers it's very similar in a way but i i, I appreciate them <laughs> being like here are these games regardless of what we pull in and out of game pass if you yeah. have the subscription you will have these games forever I always appreciated that sort of thing. I've always liked that thing with like PlayStation. I have these PlayStation Plus games from who knows, and I know you have all these games for gold games that you claimed years and years and years ago that are just there yeah. and they're yours. I honestly stopped doing it a while back. They kind of buried it, and they didn't they they didn't have it like front and center like they used to, and so I just kind of forgot about it. The games were worse and worse uh, as like at, at a certain point, like once they stopped doing the backwards, like the, the classic games, like the backwards compatible ones, I think it really just fell off a cliff. And it's like, what are these freaking games? These are like bargain bin, just nothing games. But like the thing about the 360 games, which is I don't know if everyone knows this. If you claim these, if you claimed those 360 games, off of your with uh, games with gold, th those aren't those aren't tied to your subscription. If your subscription, those are yours, like in a digital sense. Like those 360 games, if your subscription lapses or whatever, those are still yours to play. It's just the Xbox One and Series. I don't know if they've ever released a Series game on that <laughs> on that uh, platform, but uh, though yeah, the I Xbox One's games were reliant on your subscription, but the 360 ones weren't. And that's cool even even a uh, playstation never has never done that like i have probably hundreds and hundreds of playstation uh plus games but if that ever lapsed they'd all I'd lose access to all of them so it's like well we got you jordan but you know i don't know it's just uh an interesting change there and it's been going on for so long it's crazy to see i don't know it's a big deal i think yeah i'm looking at the list it's it's a pretty good list. It is. Got Among Us, uh, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, uh, Fable mm -hmm. Anniversary, Fallout 4, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5, Halo Wars 2, Senua's Sacrifice, Inside, Ori, Psychonaut, State of Decay, Elder Scrolls Online. It's like almost like a list of like there's some more essentials, few, right? Yeah. They're like the Xbox essentials almost in a way. Um, PlayStation did Just something the similar Halo, with that I think collection. Is, is cool enough. Yeah, I wish the whole Master Chief collection was included in there. I think that would be a nice, nice thing to give people. I was surprised to see five and not Master Chief collection. If I were to think they would have put one, it would have been Master Chief collection. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you can get that for like. A buck ninety nine now these days, which is probably like the best value of all time. In yeah, that freaking such game. a good collection. <laughs> yeah, it's insane, and it got even crazier with the adding Reach and ODST. Luke, what have you been watching slash playing slash listening to? <laughs> um, I last week mentioned this guy Kenny Hoopla, and in the yeah. in the week since, I've listened to a lot of his stuff, and I really enjoy him. I I think he's from the UK. He's British, I think, from what I was looking at. Um, mm. But he just has... It kind of reminds me um, of... 
oh, what is her name? It's uh, Will Smith's daughter, Willa. Willa. Yeah. Willow. Yeah. Uh, it kind of reminds me of her, like, kind of grunge punk sound that she has. He he has a similar, like, vein to his music. Um, I think he was definitely inspired by Blink-182. He's got, like, a Blink-182 shirt in one of the shots from his most recent uh, tours. And, uh, man, I like a lot about it. Um, I don't know if you'll like it or not. I don't know. I think you'll like some of his stuff. Um, I think this may be one of those areas where our tastes vary a little bit. I mean, you like some punk. Yeah. But this is pretty punk. (laughs) I don't like Um, pretty punks. And it's kind of like... No, it's not pretty punk. Um, It's almost like the... I don't know how you describe it. Like a new age punk. It's got Hmm. this... uh, Let's see. Yeah. Music's hard to define. What can I say? I, I I struggle with this every week when I try to talk about music. Um, the song Blood um, was one that I really enjoyed. I think it's from... Uh, so this is from two years ago, the Trauma Factory um, album, um, which is actually this other guy's album called Nothing Nowhere, which, uh, yeah, his stuff's good too. But Kenny Hoopla is like featured on his that song and... It's a good song. Anyways, I don't know what else to say. It's just, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Like I said, he did that one EP with uh, Travis Barker, and looks like Travis played on some of his uh, EPs before that. Hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's got like a lot of, Dirty White Vans is probably one of his more like really good like loop. He's got a good, good, um, what do you call it, hook, good hook in that song. Um, yeah, just... <laughs> I just recommend them. I like it. I dig it. I'm listening to some a people bit like right it. Now, some people won't. The, just it, the songs kind of vary. Um, some of them are a little more grunge than others. Um, others of them lean more into the like punk sound. Um, so yeah, I like it. Take with that what you will. <laughs> Take it all. Um, nothing too much here. I've listened to Amberlin's new EP. It's good. It um. Amberlynn's kind of consistently good. I don't think like there's, it's rare when I'm like, oh, you know, like with them, it's either, it's just varying levels of good. This is like, it's good. You know, this is good, good Amberlynn music. Um, it, it kind of inspired me to go back and listen to old, old Amberlynn. Amberlynn's just good band, man. Yeah. Amberlynn's just one that honestly I've listened too much to over the years. And yeah, I almost got sick of them. I, I remember like listening to some of the albums on repeat and I'm like, this is good, but I'm I'm sick of hearing <laughs> the same stuff. And yeah, they're they're great. It's nothing against them. I just no. I, I think sometimes you can overdose on them. Yeah, I think you do have to take a break from Amberlynn. I think there's certain bands. I think it comes down a lot to one how varied their sound is, and also their lead singer. It's like how yeah. much of that type of vocals. Yeah, because they have to it they have a vein. <laughs> yeah, they definitely play in that vein. They've they've released so much music, so much. It's crazy. So many albums. EP. It's like it's it's weird because you, you kind of like they do a lot of re-releases. They re-release a lot. There's like a, f- a few songs like that they've like feel good drag. They've just how many times are they gonna release it? <laughs> I don't understand. There's like sometimes I'll like see ooh what's this album and I'll see feel good feel good drag and I'm like. It's the joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm overstating it, but 
that's how I feel. It's a great song, guys. It's a great, it's a great song, but, but. look. <laughs> it was released so long ago. Yeah. That song <laughs> is so old. You don't need to keep it going. Yeah. But anywho. Um, I've listened to these albums so many times. Yeah, yeah. The Cities album, listened to so many times. The New Surrender, oh man. Uh-huh. I think we had it on disc too, and it got left in the car, and so it just kept playing. So. It got stuck in the player or whatever, like that uh, one thing ah. in uh, <laughs> How I Met Your Mother or whatever, the cassette that's stuck in the car. Yep. <laughs> Good. What have you been watching slash playing? Big music. I really only have one thing to talk about, and sadly, I never even got to finish this movie the other night. Um, the fellas wanted to play some Call of Duty, so I I, I paused this movie like forty five minutes left. But <laughs> that's you're about to tell me you watched the felt like a movie called The Fellas. I don't know. And I switched over to the, the movie The Fellas, you know, <laughs> strip club movie about male strip club. <laughs> no, it's nineteen eighty five joint. Um, and I don't even know how I found this. I was like looking at some other stuff. I think on HBO, and I was like, what? So Tom Hanks. John Candy. Oh. And Rita Wilson. Starring a movie that IMDb didn't like a lot, apparently, but I love it. And I think there's just so much nostalgia with those people at that age. Back in 85, they're young, they're hip, they're with it. Um, But it's called Volunteers. Volunteers. I doubt many people have heard of this movie. Um, So here's the synopsis. 1962... After Yale graduation, the womanizing Lawrence, who uh, is Tom Hanks' character, flees a gambling debt that his rich dad won't pay. He takes his roomie's place as a Pete's Corps volunteer in Thailand's Golden Triangle with two other PCVs. Will he survive two years? So he's he's got this like girlfriend. They're playing like this poker game in the intro of the movie, and... He, he he bluffs this guy out of like, I don't know, $3,000 or something. And then he leaves and then he goes and talks to this other guy who grabs the money out of his hand and says, great, now you only owe me $14,000 or something like that. <laughs> and he's like, how about we go double or nothing on the Warriors game? So he goes double or nothing and of course the Warriors lose and he owes him now $28,000. And so this is kind of just the intro of the movie and then he jumps on this plane and goes off to Thailand and... uh yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, like I said, I think there's so much about this, just the fact that it's a 1985 movie, and probably if this was a, you know, 2000, 2021 movie or something, I, I wouldn't really care about it. But well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a big connection, especially to someone like John Candy, who we don't have anymore. It's just, it's fun to go back to these movies that you missed and and be able to see them, and yeah, so. And also, like, Tom Hanks is, like, transformed into kind of a different actor, right? I mean, ever since, like, say, I don't know if it was Apollo 11 or Forrest Gump, whichever one it was, that, like, kind of turned him into more, I'm the dramatic kind of guy, and he'd very rarely go back to doing, like, comedies. But, back, yeah, yeah. that's what he was in, like, the 80s. Yeah, and, like, this is the goofiest movie. Like, yeah. yeah, he was a comedian. It's such goof. It's such goof. <laughs> but... Yeah, like like overall, if I was just to like review this movie, it's like yeah, it's it's absolutely silly and ridiculous. And if it was not made in 1985 and had all the 80s ness to it, and and Tom Hanks, I, I would not care about this movie at all. But 
But because it does have all those things, I love it. I, I just, I love it. And I'm definitely going to finish it. It's so good. <laughs> comedy. So it's the I, age so of comedy. So this was before, so Tom Hanks ended up marrying Rita Wilson and they married in 1989. So I have to wonder if maybe this was the beginning of their uh, romance. Hmm. Working together on this movie. They're still married today. Big That's things cool. from small places. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Is it, you always see, hear about that where like actors will get together on like the goofiest movies and stay yeah. together forever. Like Freddie Prince Jr. They were with, unknown, uns- right? Back yeah. Then, and that kind of helped. You know? Right. Yeah. So I'd recommend watching it. I still haven't finished it, like I said, but. That you know of, you could hate it, hate the second half. No. No. <laughs> I've already looked through the stuff on IMDb. I'm going to like it. All right. <laughs> it's so goofy. It's got John Candy. I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah. yeah. What platform are you watching it on? Like, what's, what's it on? It's like Tubi. I think it's HBO. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> God bless I'm not going to say Max. I'm not going to say Max. HBO. You're just going to say HBO now. HBO. No. Sorry. It's fine. I'm a rebel. I'm about to call it Cinemax. Ow. Ooh, did it get you? <laughs> I just hit my elbow. <laughs> Cinemax? <laughs> I don't know. They own Cinemax. What do they? Cin- yeah, they do. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. What have you been watching, Jordan, other than the MIDR? MIDR? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Never would I have thought. To... <laughs> um, okay, not too much. Uh, just an update here. I'm not going to talk about this every week because I'm pretty much watching it every week. One Piece. I brought up One Piece. To Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon. No, no, I'm done with Pokemon for now. Pokemon um, Journeys 2. Journeys 2. It never ends. But you know, another anime that's never ending, seriously never ending, is One Piece. I don't know why I started it. I think like... Sometimes I like the idea of having something I know I'm never going to finish when it comes to like a show like that. I don't know why, but I'm like, how many episodes does it have? 1200. All right, let's go. Are they producing more too? Yeah. Yeah. It's still going. It's not over. Yeah. It's a good show. I mean, it's one of those things. I'm not that far into it. Like, especially all things considering any other show where you said, yeah, I'm 60 episodes in, you'd think you're pretty far into it. But no, 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 no. I'm a piddling amount of episodes compared to how much is out there. But um, I'm enjoying my time. Um, Real quick, just to kind of comment on uh, there's a live action version coming to Netflix. uh, An an American version. like. I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the trailer yet. Um, I, I don't know what the point of uh, them doing that is because of what what's their end game? Like the show's not even over. Are they? Do they have the audacity to be like, and we'll just follow the show and we'll just keep going and we'll make a thousand episodes ourselves? I, I just don't understand like why you would even bother, even if it's good. It's like, what do you just hope? It's popular. That's why they always bother. I guess so. Yeah. If even if it we only make a season or two season, if we get, it must be it. Like even if it doesn't last, even if we get, if we just get a bunch of bunch of views in that one season, we can just 
stop it there. I don't know. Yep. I, I do not know how any of those shows, like even like at least when they did or attempted Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop's a short show. It's like 26 episodes, the entire series. It's a short yeah. show. It is that's just what the show is. It, it makes sense if they were to do a live action adaptation of that. This is just insane. So I, I don't know. Um, sorry, quick comment on that. Uh, the journey continues. I'm like done with, I guess, what is technically season one of One Piece. Out of how how they organize it, I'm looking at Crunchyroll and I'm like, what? They were like, okay, this one's like titled something like the East Blue. This one's titled episode like 387 to 600 it's like what okay they just gave up (laughs) all right but anyways the show's charming i'm into it um lastly i haven't i haven't watched slash play in a lot uh, at least anything new of course my final fantasy journey is continuing um but i don't know i was laying in bed i have all these okay so First and foremost, uh, thank you, Warrior64. He dropped this really sweet deal. It was like, uh, you know, the DC animated movies? There was like a deal on Am- on uh, iTunes where it was like, here's 30 of them for $8. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. Oops. They they messed up. They, they basically Uh-oh. messed up. It was supposed to be like 100 Uh And so... Uh-oh. Yeah, oops. But I got all those movies for dirt cheap. And uh, wow. there was... Yeah, I know. Um, it's amazing. I love it. There's uh, <laughs> one movie that... Um, I've, I've There's actually a few of them that I've never seen. But the one that intrigued me the most that I haven't... That I, before until now haven't gotten around to is uh, The Death and Return of Superman. So um, this is actually two movies combined. I mean... Their movies are like an hour 15 each, so, you know, it equals out to be a two and a half hour movie. Um, I thought this one was interesting because they, this isn't, wasn't like part of the animated universe, but they already made like an animated adaptation of the death and, and return of Superman. It was called Superman Doomsday. Um, it was okay. Um, it changed a lot. And it was very rushed because it was just one movie and, uh, the, the comic version of the death and return of Superman, it's like. You're, you always gonna are gonna have to do some adaptation with that because that it's like if you just read Death and Return of Superman, which I did back in the day, it's crazy. Like it's just like in the middle of all this continuity where all sorts of insane characters are available, all sorts of like weird scenarios are playing out in the middle of this, and so you have this story where it's like Supergirl is like a goo alien clone of Super it's like insane. It's ridiculous. Like you read it and you're like, what? So if you're you're gonna if you're gonna do an adaptation, it's gonna, there's gonna be some changes. But I, I was uh, impressed with this the adaptation that they did. I think they took like the the universe that they've built up and they kinda like they made a really good version of the Death and Return of Superman. It was good. I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. I recommend it. Um, Yeah, I I don't have too much to say other than it was just a it was a pretty good watch. I enjoyed the fight of uh, of Superman versus uh, versus Doomsday. They they did a good job of like you know because in the moment when Superman's like dying, you're supposed to get the weight of it. That's like spoiler alert for a movie that's so old. With a Batman v Superman, it's like you just don't get. It, they just 
the biggest fail of that movie will always be the death of Superman for me. You don't feel anything, do you? Do you? <laughs> you don't feel a thing. Yeah. It's like what you're supposed to feel is one, he is trying with all his might. He's giving it everything he has. He can't believe how much this creature is hurting him in a way that he's never been hurt before. And also, like, he's trying, it's in the middle of the city. He's trying everything he can do to keep that monster away and to save all these people and so he's fighting this creature but then he's also having to go and save this little boy the little boy's like cries and like gives superman this big hug because he sees how much in pain he is and when he dies it's like a, it's supposed to be like this big deal and i feel like you know we're never going to get that story again in live action because of uh, BVS, at least not for a very long time. And so it was nice yeah. watching it in, in animated form with a pretty decent adaptation. So, yep. That's it. That's all. We got a lot of movies to talk about. All the movies we see or we're <coughs> podcasting about now these days. If you're yep. in the TV portion of what of this show, I apologize. <laughs> Things may be starting to get worse before they get better as well with these right. strikes. We're a long way from our our, uh, our severance podcast. Yeah. Man, did you hear? Bethany was telling me that she saw something that said Stranger Things next season was supposed to come out next year. And it's now been moved to 2027. I, I hope that report is inaccurate. Because I, I don't understand. Why would you move it three more years? Twenty twenty seven. I know. What happened? <laughs> it's like, like why not twenty twenty five? How about twenty twenty six? Twenty twenty seven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it would make sense to me if they were like, okay, we delayed it that long because we're not even going to start production. But if they were thinking they were going to be ready to go next year, and then they were like, nope, never mind, we're delaying it. I, I, yeah, three I thought they years. were going to. Their assumption was it was going to come out next year. So I don't know. That's going to be a weird season. Yeah, absolutely. Start um, catching up on shows and movies that you have not, that you've had on the back burner that you've. Uh, been meaning to get to but you haven't because they're that's what you're going to be watching yep your backlog good luck seeing fast 10.2 or 10 x2 or whatever right we're talking about the regal when's that thing going to come out (laughs) no who knows 2029 i'm sure the rocks out there (laughs) flexing with his sign and everything right right about now my gosh I don't know what he's doing. I don't blame him. I don't blame any of these people. From what I've heard, at least. And I feel like the media is a little partial person to be reporting on this. Because probably a lot of these people are part of the SAG and AFTRA association. But, yeah, it definitely seems like it's a good thing for them to be. We've already talked about this. Anyways, Mission Impossible. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Dead Reckoning. I mean, I, I'm really excited to talk to you about this movie. We, we've done a really good job. So, th- one, thank you, Luke, and thank you uh, to your wife for watching um, our child while Amber and I saw this movie. It was a – we did a really good job, I think, when uh, we went to pick the – I went to pick her up, and uh, we didn't talk about the movie at all. And so – 
truly Spartans of our age. I know it, it's it's amazing. <laughs> the the strength and fortitude of a, <laughs> of a film podcaster. <laughs> we are something. <laughs> huh, can't believe it. But uh, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on the movie, and I'm excited to share mine. Um, yeah. Uh, where to even begin? Let's just get into it. What what, what we thought. Um. Yeah, uh, Luke, you want to start? Or you want me to start? Sure. I mean, it's it's right up there with Fallout. I mean, I think everyone before this had agreed that Fallout was the best one, and I think this is this is right up there. I mean, what else could you want from a Mission Impossible movie? I mean, it's just constant action, and, and I think it's top tier. You know, the stunt work on these movies is just it's almost unmatched with any other franchise at this point. I, I just I don't know that there's another especially a storied franchise, you know, that's been going on now for 20 years, 20 plus years. Actually, I think mission Impossible is like 2001. I want to say, um, <clears throat> earlier 99, maybe I think so somewhere right around there. And yeah, around so, there. yeah 24 <laughs> years. Um, yeah, it's just, it's incredible. And, and, you know, a lot of movies just, can't afford to go to all these places and film on so many locations. The only one I can kind of think that competes with it is something like Fast and the Furious, where they do basically a tour de world <laughs> in every one of those movies. And uh, Mission Impossible is right there with them. Um, what I like so much more, you know, I, I've, I'm comparing it to Fast and the Furious because I feel like I get a, the same kind of, you know, nitro fueled entertainment in both of these things, where it's like, you know, Tom Hanks is holding onto a helicopter with one fingernail and, you know, he flips up there and kills everyone and, and saves the world right before a nuclear warhead, you know, explodes at the core of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's the same thing with Fast and the Furious. But what I what I liked, you know, obviously we, we got that Fast, Fast X, Fast 10, whatever movie earlier this year, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a romp. But this movie reminding me of what I like so much about Mission Impossible. I won't say that, oh, it's so much better or anything. I mean, yes, in, in a lot of ways, it's a better movie. But then what? It's a I'm different, sorry? It's a different... Fast and Furious. Just, okay. you know, what Fast and Furious has become. Um, you know, yes, it probably is a better movie. Um, for me, I just... I, I like them both congruently. <laughs> I can like two things. So... I just I love I love how this is grounded. That's just was was one of the things that I came out of this thinking like this is such big action and yet it feels grounded. It feels realistic. It feels like something that could actually happen. <laughs> you know, as ridiculous as it is, as ridiculous as like that I, I know I'm I'm going too long here, but no, as no, ridiculous as the thing in Fallout was when he's climbing the helicopter, it felt like if this was actually happening this is exactly how it would happen, you know? It's And that's what I love about, like, the super realistic practical effects. Like, you feel that, that there's not all these effects. Like, where Dom's driving down the dam with the car. And it's like, as fun as that is, that's all CGI. I mean, you obviously, you can't do that. But it's like when you have Tom Cruise, like, hanging off that bag and then climbing up the rope and then flipping his way into the helicopter. It's like... That looks exactly like if I was there with a steady cam, you know, filming Tom Cruise doing that. And that's what's like so fun about it. Um, kind of like the basically the American version of James Bond is really what it boils down to. And 
I'm so glad it exists. This just reminds me how much I'm like, I'm so glad this came back after so long. We've been waiting on a sequel to Mission Impossible for so long. I think Fallout was 2018 I had looked up. It's like, that's that's been a long time. It's been five years now. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, just, really? Jeez Louise. I, I think so. I was kind of surprised how long oh, it had crap. been. Um, I think I think it was supposed to come out in, like, 2020, and then the Jeez, COVID right, turned it into you? 2023. You remember, I mean, this is a movie... It's just been coming out forever. Yeah. I remember <laughs> being like, I can't so believe long. they're showing us the trailer now. I remember us talking yeah. about that. It was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the long intro, but, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. It's so great. How do you feel, Jordan? <laughs> yeah, um, I hated it. Uh, well, I, I need to watch the other Mission Impossibles again. We actually meant to do like a rewatch um, prior to this. Uh, just so I can like kind of reestablish my feelings on some of them. I've watched them, you know, multiple times. I think all of them. I think. I think this one's probably my favorite. Um, it's hard to beat. It's okay. So, it, it, this is such an interesting franchise. I think it's so cool. Like, uh, Chris McQuarrie's did the last few, right? But like. Uh, up up until now, I might say my uh, up until this, I might say my favorite was Ghost Protocol. I really liked Ghost Protocol. Brad Bird directed that one, and he, I think, he really changed the franchise and like kind of it owes a lot to him and and J.J. Abrams for like kind of bringing the quality up and setting the tone. But uh, Brad Bird, he really like made it about the team. Like it's about. Ethan, but it's team oriented too. Before it was just Ethan going rogue, and every and there'll be someone he talks to every now and then. every now and then he'll talk to a Luther. Or he'll show up for the final act. Um, but starting with uh, Ghost Protocol was very much this is about the team. It's about Benji and whoever else show up, and then they kind of more consistently brought on Luther back. You know, as we gone on, you know, yeah. Luther kind of just showed up a little bit in Ghost Protocol towards the end, which like they grab a beer at the end of that movie. That was like the weird thing. It's like, oh my god, he's hanging out with people. He's grab he's having people to interact with. There's yeah. funny moments where like you see. Ethan is fallible and like it's just escalated up until this point where I'm like with with uh, this movie the things that I'm like this is really clicking with me is one the plot I think the plot in in my assessment this is the most compelling plot we've gotten from a Mission Impossible movie I am fully behind this plot where with a lot of these I would say the plot is it is a wild plot it's wild I did not have any idea that that's what was coming me neither i, I had been... no clue what dead reckoning went and i and i told Absolutely jason that not. when he was asking like so how was it kind of thing i'm like dude it was so good and the plot is intense yeah and very pertinent to you know things we're thinking about now 100 like, percent. it's amazing how they they filmed this movie a while ago and yet chat gpt has turned ai front and center of everyone's mind and this is like it's not exactly that but it's it's pretty much that even the movie getting delayed like the little bit that it was like it, it, it's like even more relevant now yeah, than when it, it was been, originally it probably helped it yeah yeah i think i think so because it's like i think five years ago we would have said this plot this is when mission impossible jumped the shark and went too far and now it's like no, this feels no, like what sense. we should be doing. 
Yeah, this that is sounds like it probably will happen next year. <laughs> right. The, like a, a lot of t- a lot of these movies, it's like when I try to recall like what the plot was, it, 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 sometimes I'm like, what? Uh, I sometimes it's either like, okay, it's a virus, or okay, they have a they have a dirty bomb, and or they have the rabbit's foot, or whatever. I, I it, it's it's harder for me to kind of Fallout was a little bit better about that. I feel like it was like it was. You know, he's he's torn on destruction. He has these two nuclear warheads. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's like it's usually a bomb virus or something in between yeah. um, or something that will destabilize uh, some sort of a, alliance and turn like, you know, and this feels scary because it, it feels like it's not just another bomb or anything like that. It feels scary. And I like not only like that, but I like plots where there's a lot of different sides and they all kind of converge in different like ways to try to for their own purposes i'll get into it in spoilers but like i almost wanted to go even a little bit further with that but i really liked uh i liked how it was handled and another big thing that put this over the top there's a lot of things but for me i mean uh the addition of uh grace played by Haley atwell in this movie i think is She's great. This is a tremendous yeah. addition. And um and I think that this is some of the best action scenes um, oh my gosh. we've seen so far. Of any movie. Really. It it it's probably, probably like, ever. It's probably one of my favorite action movies ever made. I I, I it's that's a lot. And it's nonstop. It's insane how it's just nonstop. Right. There was a point in this movie. This is so dumb. I don't care how dumb this is and how much of a nerd it makes me. I literally teared up in the movie because I was at this point where I'm like, I know, I know (laughs) where this isn't like an emotional part that happens in the movie. It's me being like, I can't believe how much I'm enjoying this movie. (laughs) This like action scene is hitting so hard. I'm having such a fun time and like my adrenaline is a pumped it's just great man i mean i can't believe it i'm like i I, i've raved a lot like this when we reviewed uh top gun maverick i don't know what it is about tom cruise and these action movies coming out man (laughs) it's like one of those things like i love movies you know what i mean i don't know it's like he's i'm gonna save all the movies or whatever i don't know about that but geez louise dude i i i I get where he's coming from. If he's, <laughs> if these are the kind of stuff that's being produced, you know what I mean? I think it's cool that him and the director as well sat down right at the beginning and had that message just like he did at the beginning of Top Gun Maverick. Um, it's a small thing, but I don't know. It's like, it does, I feel like add a value to it. It's like, you kind of see, f- feel seen as an audience member. It's like, mm. They actually really are like they care about me coming out to the theater. And, you know, I know obviously they make more money that way. But I do feel like, you know, as an artist, I think there is a there is a certain amount of it, too, that they're like, you know, we want to create movies, you know, just like they say in the intro. We want to create movies for people to come to the theater for. And I'm like, you know, that's good. I I think there's a there's a lot of value to that. I think um, we've talked about it before. I just I think the streaming economy is just you know, the more it's gone on, the more I've been kind of discouraged because I think a lot of the movies that come out for streaming feel different. They, there's yeah. just a different production to them and they just, they don't feel like, like something like a Christopher Nolan movie, like we're going to see tomorrow. It's like, they just don't feel epic and they don't feel, 
there's there's an artistry that's that's somehow lost in that and and on paper it's like it doesn't make sense because you have you have companies like Amazon, Netflix, Apple, these huge companies putting, you know, so much money into it and it's like if you find the right artist, there's no reason that that movie shouldn't be just as good as as a movie like Christopher Nolan that he, you know, refuses to put on any streaming and he wants the full 100-day yeah. run in IMAX and but for some reason there is something lost and uh you know this is a good example of that where i think you you feel like this is a movie that's made to be seen in the theater and i heard somebody talking about they had seen they didn't get out to the theater to see top gun maverick and th- they saw it in their in their house and they felt like they missed something yeah they did <laughs> people had told them that <laughs> and then they they saw it on their tv and they said yeah i can see how this and and it makes sense i i remember thinking this is this is one of the best movie experiences I've had. Right. Just the way the, the plane sounded in RPX. I think I went to RPX. I think we went to RPX. Um, but it just, it made a difference. It was like, I feel like I'm in this movie. I feel like I'm living it. And, and it was similar with this movie. There's just, there's so many big sounds and, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm getting excited about Oppenheimer. Just thinking. Nah, about yeah. And, and I got to see this movie it wasn't in our nicer theater. It was in our Butler theater, um, mm-hmm. but still, you know, they they've upgraded the sound and there's yeah. there's good chairs in there. Um, and it was Not just royal. a it was a yeah, but it but it was bright. It wasn't dark like like when I saw Dial of Destiny. <laughs> God, um, and so yeah, it was just a great experience. Um, yeah, it's it's speaking of the theater, it's one of those movies where you, you know when you can tell a, a, an audience is into a movie, you know, you can like feel it in the room. Yeah. It's one of those. Well, there's there's like those reactions of emotions, right? I remember one of the best examples ever, and I know you'll agree with me. We've talked about it. Is the Avengers when we saw it years ago? There was this. It was like you almost feel this heartbeat of the room as everyone's like beating together in the same moments, and there's the oh, and they like like each one of the emotions. Like there's there's at least twenty or thirty people that make that sound at the same time. Right now, this is fun. We're, We're it's. It's it's similar to when you're at your favorite, you know, I know you can't relate with this as much, but you're at a Gator game or something and it's really tight. You're in the fourth quarter. Everyone's standing and it's like every play, every movement that goes right for your team. It's like everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and it was a similar kind of thing with the Avengers. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't say I, I experienced that with this movie, but that's great. That's cool that you got. Yeah, it, it was definitely it's not really like fun an, when an it does happen. Thing, but it's like you, it's yeah. like a more subtle version sure. where you felt when when there was a moment to gasp, people are like, oh, my, you can hear like yeah. the people are just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And when there's a moment to laugh, everyone's laughing. You know, it's that sort of thing. Not yeah. there. There's not like a it wasn't like the the wrestling match that was in game when and here comes Black Panther. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't that. No, I meant the first Avengers. Yeah, the first Avengers. That was crazy. That was even that was crazy. Even that was like <laughs> everyone was laughing, cheering, clapping, celebrating. <laughs> even that was really celebratory in a way that I wasn't like that. I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. Um, the thing that was fun about this time is I got to go with my dad, and he had been really looking forward to it. And he just he really enjoys these kind of movies. He he just wants nonstop action. That's what he's always wanted. You know, he kind of cut his teeth when he was a younger man on the Arnold movies, and he just loves, you know, just constant action. He loved Terminator, and so you know, when this kind of stuff comes out, he's he's ready to go. So he really enjoyed himself. 
before we get there's a few things i wanted to get on before we before we move into what the uh oh luke did i lose you there you are are we gonna get copyright claimed for the for the skype ringtone <laughs> dun, dun, dun. i meant to mute and cough and i pressed oh. the hang up button <laughs> you muted it all right sorry um my bad there was one thing i wanted to to bring up before we we moved into spoilers and that's like uh the part one of this whole thing you know it's like it's interesting how yeah. we're getting this a lot like this is a thing that's becoming very commonplace with movies like uh into the spider like a across the spider verse and uh fast uh fast x you know to where we are getting part of the story which um yeah I wish Fast X had just had a part one in the title so people could understand that. <laughs> it's so goofy. It. I feel like it's going to be like an X-2 or something on the next one. It's like, come on, guys. It's so confusing. Right. And the, especially in the way it was like, it wasn't just like, you know, Jason Momoa was still out there. It was just a, a cliffhanger as cliffhangers can be. Yeah. But, but yeah, I feel like I, I have to, in a way when we talk about this movie from a critical standpoint, kind of like I I'm forced to kind of like reserve certain critiques of certain aspects of the movie because it's only a part of a whole, you know, I had to do this when yeah. thinking about like across the spider verse where they're like Did that character. What was that character doing? What was the, what was, where were they, where were they coming from? It was like, well, their story isn't over yet because that was only part one sure. of a part two. And so I have to, you know, do the same here for certain parts. I, I feel like a little bit less so honestly, but um, it's an interesting trend that we're, that we're seeing with uh, movies that are being made back to back and uh, coming out in this way. It's interesting. It's like I, I we've yet to see the payoff of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we've yeah. seen a lot of part ones, but we haven't seen any of the part twos yet. So it's going to be right. interesting to see how it pays off and if this is a trend that will continue or to say, eh, we should probably not do that anymore. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of, I feel like it was a little bit with uh, the Avengers. I mean, they kind of oh, yeah. led that off, I feel like. With uh, you know, Endgame and uh, Infinity War, yeah, yeah, Infinity War. I I remember like way back them saying that Infinity War was going to be a part one, part two, and I guess they just changed the title, but mm-hmm. kept the same idea. Especially now with the these movies, I might you know, it might the part two are going to be <laughs> very in much in advance, you know, where it's like when we had. Movies like, um, remember when they did Reloaded and Revolutions? That those both came out in the same year. Um, Is that right? That's right. They filmed at the same time. It wasn't yeah. even back to back. They just filmed it all at once. And so hmm. it's like that movie came out like the Re- Reloaded came out in the summer. Revelations, I think, or Revolutions came out in the fall, I believe. Unless I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure how that's how that went. Um, but now there's no way to really know. So. There's no way of knowing. Um, but now we're getting into a point where this strike, where it might be a few years before we see the part twos of these movies. Honestly, you yeah. know, definitely these strikes have put everything up in the air. Oh yeah, crazy time. But yeah, Luke. Um, 
want to go into spoilers. You had the idea of uh, bringing up a couple key things, each of us, to kind of uh, structure this a little bit better. Do you want to go ahead and uh, kick us off with a... Yeah, um, one of the scenes I wanted to note was the one where he... <laughs> Where he has a mask on and he goes into the uh, was CIA office and then ends up gassing everyone. Um, I thought that was such a cool scene. It felt like classic Mission Impossible. I loved how so much of the rest of the movie did not have that kind of thing. It was like constant action, but then you had this like kind of spy covert operation moment with the like gassing the mask and like throwing the director the mask and, and, and while, while they laid out every all their secrets and everything that they hadn't been telling Ethan it was just so brilliant I I, I kind of saw it coming like yeah. even when he was like walking in I'm like there's no way that's a real person <laughs> that's got to be him or or you know at least somebody on his team and then when he's standing back there it's like yeah that's definitely Ethan um, but still like even even though I could tell it was coming it just was it was great. I loved it. It was a great way of doing it. And then he had the mask of the director. It's just it's just the best. I don't IMF know if director. this is new, but I like the visual there of the smoke is green when it's like when it's, you know, gonna knock you out Toxic. or whatever. And then it yeah. turns white when it's like okay to take off your mask and it's breathable. That's a cool yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever cool seen that. Effect. I feel like he, he didn't wait very long before he took it off. Like, right. It immediately. Okay. Went. Is it super white now? Because it's <laughs> kind of scary. It's an interesting thing I because you always see you, that in these just, movies. Just no, it just makes you yeah. sweepy. You see that in, the, in a lot of movies where like people will like throw out gas or whatever. And they either wait too long to put their mask on or like you feel like they take it off too soon. Like, how do they know? Like gas is all around them and they're like putting it on like. There's no way you didn't breathe any of that in. Right. It's nice. It's, it is it is cool to have like a visual indicator of when it's safe. <laughs> Especially when gas. it's like the super bad stuff. And it's like even one drop of this will kill you. And it's like there's no way. Not some little part of that got on you or you didn't breathe it in. You you had some beard that made it so a little bit got in there. Like don't, <laughs> don't BS me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was a cool scene. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. What else you got? Oh no, we're going back and forth. Oh, you want to go back and forth? Okay. Um, one of forth the scenes that yeah, forth, back and forth, <laughs> forth and back. One of the um parts I like that really kind of establishes um what I'm talking about of like different groups coming together to like be like this. I want this. You want that. Whatever. And we're all kind of it was the uh, the club scene where everyone was kind of just in that room. And, like, I love uh, Grace being a part of that, too, because they're just an I don't know. I, I, I like when there's someone, you know this world, you know what a Mission Impossible movie is, but, like, you're pulling this character who's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> and they're, like, realizing, like, what is this? And I don't know. I just like the scenes of everyone in the room kind of sizing each other up. Here are our main players. The cast is assembled, uh, and this is, and we're setting up the third act of this movie. I don't know. I, I like that crap. I caught the visual 
like I actually caught that when they got into the club. I remembered that visual visualization of the entity, that like circular iris or whatever it is. Mm. I remember when they got to the club, I was like, ooh, either that's like meant to it be like, like they went to the party and then they went to the back room. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, well, it was right. Like party in uh, in Italy or. There's like a visualization or whatever, like right when they get to the club, you like see like all the lights yeah, or whatever. The screens, yeah. But yeah. quickly you see like the whoop, 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 or whatever that like eye or whatever. You yeah, quickly whatever, see it. Whatever baloney they were using to whatever. represent AI. I see you. <laughs> Movies have no idea how to represent computers and they still don't. <laughs> yeah, some LED lights, you know. It's um, cyber stuff, guys. Right. At first, I thought it was going to be like subtle, but they did like call attention to it. It was like, this is my party. This is its party or whatever. And Ethan's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> you know, what doing do you that. Think of Gabriel. Gabriel, I think, is the biggest like example of the part one of it all kind of with me. I like him just fine as like a villain, you know, just as like a presence. I, I like his like. I like kind of his look. I like his delivery of his intimidating yeah. lines. But very as far, stoic. yeah, very stoic. But as far as like this whole background, I am certain that we're going to get, like pretty certain we're going to get into this stuff in part two about Ethan's past and their history and what led them on the paths that they're on with him working with the entity and Ethan and the IMF, of course. Um, and so I do feel like I'm only given part of what makes Gabriel Gabriel. Um, and so I, I kind of have to leave that to the next movie. Uh, unfortunately, it is kind of this weird thing where, you know, movie should speak for itself. But at this point, we're, we're in episode one, right? I, I haven't been given. It's been withheld from me, uh, like the full picture of that character. And so with what I've given and what he has to do, I thought it was all fine. You know, his, his purpose was to be like, I work for the entity. I represent the entity. I'm an intimidating force. And I thought he was fine with all that. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of like what depth is there and what I'm supposed to feel about him beyond that is yet to be seen. Because other than that, I mean, of course, he's service level. He's, you know, which, of course, I think I don't know. If, they're expecting me to think anything else at this point, yeah. you know? I thought it was interesting. So they showed him what killing Ethan's wife. I don't know what that is. I, I can't imagine that being him having he another wife. He wasn't in mission impossible. I looked it up. No, like this no. actor wasn't in it. So I just was a little confused what they were trying to reference. This yeah. is leading me to think that this is before all of it. Like, this is before Mission Impossible. This is what led him to be in the IMF, uh, you yeah. know, as a whole. You know, he, he was, like, framed for something. Like, he framed Ethan. And so, and, and he because of that, he, they were like, hey, work for the IMF. I, there's a lot that wasn't given to us, I, I feel. Like, they're, they're almost, like, hinting at it. You know, we don't know who that is, yeah. who, that, who that woman is. I mean, Ethan looks at <laughs> did, 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 what's dog scary? came busting in, scared. <laughs> Dang! <laughs> the only the, the yeah, entity that is interesting. I, I think it would be cool if I, I hope they address that. I, oh I yeah, really they better. It, they better at this point. It is one thing because they haven't really addressed it before, right? 
They don't really. really address what came after the first Mission Impossible, which was 96, by the way. I, I was guessing Dang. 98, 99. Dang, that's old. 96. Yeah. I forgot that. I mean, we don't, I don't think they've ever addressed what brought him into the IMF. I don't think so. And so it would be. This make is what sense. it says for Mission Impossible it says an American agent under false suspicion of disloyalty must discover and expose the real spy without the help of his organization. So I couldn't remember if he was a part of a different organization and then came into the IMF in that movie. I haven't I haven't seen the movie in too I, long. I think he was a part of the IMF. That director, the guy who's in this movie, he was in the first movie. The the guy who's, you know, I know you're upset or whatever. That that he was in that first movie. And so that same actor Kittridge. and everything. Kidrick, Jack Kidrick yeah, was in that yeah, first one. I saw that, yeah. And so he was he was working for him at the beginning and he had to go rogue because of uh John Voigt <laughs> and all of his uh him he kind of framed Ethan basically. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I do remember that. It made it to look like he killed his team basically. Mhm. Which they love to do on Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, you know, he goes rogue in almost all of them. There's only a very few where he doesn't. I don't think he goes rogue in two. I feel like I like how in that meeting, like I said, the scene I'd already mentioned, they kind of mentioned that, like, basically that is his job. To go <laughs> we rogue, let yeah. him do what he has to do, and we just stay out of it, basically. Is it like a thing? Because we know that, that he's, that he's going to come through for us, and, and yeah. so that's the kind of person we need to out there. Is it like a thing where he's like, we, we understand that he he might work against our interest at the time, but it will work out for the best? <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Yeah. If only they would hold up that idea, right? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. They like, always like seem to he's... try to hunt him down like they do this entire movie. Entire movie. <laughs> like... It, it would be this thing where it's like, no, he's there to, like, check us, basically, like, to fight our enemies and be, like, a uh, a check against us as well. That would be an interesting place for, like, the series to land, um, yep. uh, where if it ever lands, lands, but who knows? No, no. <laughs> I think one of the best scenes, there's two two scenes in this movie that I think are the best, and the probably the best one is is the finale that we'll talk about but before but other than that one i think it's this 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 uh terminal scene this airplane terminal this scene's insane i i love it i absolutely love it it's just it's so much to me the epitome of what mission impossible is and i love the added idea of the ai changing faces and sending the or, you know, they're actually doing it. And mm-hmm. then this, the AI starts changing what they're seeing and then seeing and then changing what Ethan's seen in his augmented reality glasses. And it just felt so Mission Impossible. I loved it. it yes. Yeah. It was such a good scene. Ethan was able to display some of his uh, Scientology magic up close with his <laughs> uh, changing the key into yep. different hands. Yep. It's insane. I don't believe he it. He was able to do his sprinting with his karate chop hands. <laughs> oh heck yeah! Did you? Uh, what did you think of the how the entity kind of presented itself um, to Benji or whatever with that whole false bomb? That was interesting. I, I it kind of felt different than what happened in the rest of the movie, but I thought it was a fun puzzle. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It, it really felt like, like, let's get Benji more involved in what's going on. Yeah, I, I love Simon, Simon 
peg. So <laughs> great addition. Again, he was added yeah. like sort yeah. of towards the end of three and they were like, okay, this guy's got to be a part of the team. And so he continued on now he's, he's like, yeah, he's, uh, Oh, he's like the heart of the team almost, you know? Yeah. It's funny. They kind of, this is kind of one of those few series that has two nerd geeks in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Ving Rhames is very much just as much of a computer nerd as Simon Pegg is. And yet they kind of like split duties because I guess like technology plays such a central part in the storyline of all these Mission Impossible. Like whether it's defusing bombs or figuring out, you know, how to reroute satellites and guiding guiding Tom Cruise as he runs around different places. So it's like, well, we need two tech techies for this. Yeah, I mean the the team has been kind of the same since Rogue Nation, right? Since the last three movies, we've made it pretty focused. Um but they've 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 been stuck in this place yeah where they've had two techies and like Ethan's the one doing most of the spying and fighting and actioning stuff, right? Where he has basically two guys in the chair, right? Yeah. Whereas before you'd have people like, you know, Jeremy Renner in that yeah. one I was that one girl. Say Jeremy Renner, he fell off. God, where'd he go? He needs to come back for that next this next one. <laughs> I liked him. But um he, I think he uh, fell off of his uh snowplow. Oh no, no, I think off. the snowplow fell on him. Um, but <laughs> well, he fell off to then get run over. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, but yeah, speaking of them, I, I want Luther to have like a moment where he does something, like in the next movie. Like he's if he's going off, he's like, I got stuff to do. I want him to really come through with that. Like. I feel like it's rare that Luther gets a moment. You know what I mean? All these this time in the series, it's always him doing a quick thing on the computer, and then just you know, there's never like a moment. Benji has a lot of moments where he has to he has some decisions to make, but uh, he's basically Ethan's conscious. Yeah, kind of Ben. He's the one. He's basically the the guy who, who grounds him and says, "Look, you got to do this for the right reasons." And, our lives cannot matter. <laughs> Very good. I liked it. <laughs> I love, I've been I here since the Bing first Rames movie. Bing one of the best voices. He's great. Arby's. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Meats. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I agree with you. That scene's a lot of fun. Um, for the uh, next thing I want to bring up, um, the Fiat chase. Uh, the, car with the, the chase with the Fiat. Yep. Come on, man. Okay, so... I don't like to use a, a really good movie as a weapon to whack an inferior movie. But, you know, last episode I was talking, I was like, man, do I just, am I just over these kind of scenes, these chases? Here we go. This is a great car chase where I'm just like, we've seen these kind of chases before. And let's do a bunch of stuff to figure out how to make it feel new, how to make it feel fresh like not just like okay car chase thing number one car chase thing number two and it's done you know what i mean no let's think of a bunch of things to do to make this interesting good lord what like just another uh, there's another one that i think tops it later that we'll talk about but just it's an a plus action scene the the whole gimmick with them handcuffed to each other the whole the Mm -hmm. whole chase long 
That's amazing. And I was just I'm having to drive like in this weird way. Right. And then yeah. when they flip over, they have that cool something where they show them flip and then they're like, wait, what? And they notice they've switched places. And then they, yeah. Ah, so cool. It, it's just the fact the putting them in that car uh, for it's just again, it's another thing that's like that's that's fun to see them having kind of like a, a, in a way a disadvantage and having to use that car, even though it's probably souped up a little bit. Right. You'd imagine. <laughs> just a really fun scene and with uh what's her name palm palm clementiev chasing yeah. him in that hummer or whatever she's like the joker in that scene where she's just yeah. like all about the yeah. carnage and she doesn't care she's like running over all those mopeds she's like ah paris paris, paris. that's her name <laughs> i i love scenes like this this, this is like a, an anime thing that i love like one of the things that like let you know that the main characters are are good guys is the fact that they'll like mess up in front of the villain they'll like do something where the villain's like what in the world who are these people and so that scene where (laughs) they're like basically spinning round and round trying to gain gain control of the fiat and paris is stalled out and she's like it'll cut to her and she'll be like what (laughs) you know what i mean yeah it's great. There's some good comedy here. It's like it's such a great mixture of comedy with the action. It just yeah. pairs really well. Yeah. And there's so much action. It's just insane. Gosh. And it, it each one of these scenes is very long too. Very long. Chase and I, scenes and then this this finale is insane. Yeah, and I feel like they do a good job of making it varied to where you don't feel its length. You know, this is a critique I, I, I levied at John Wick 4 a little bit, where it's like, they'd have really long action scenes too, but after a while, I was kind of like beaten down by them, where I'm just like, whew, okay, alright, you know what I mean? But here, I'm like, again, I, I John Wick 4 is great, but it's like, I'm just like, I don't feel how long they are, and like, if I looked at my clock, I'd be like, holy crap, this action scene's been going on that long? It's just... Well done. <laughs> it's well done. Yeah. All right, Luke. So where, where do you want to go from here? Do you want to get to it as far as like the uh, the finale of it all? Or do you want to talk about the, the beginning of the movie a little bit? Or what do, what do you want to do? Oh, I thought we talked about the beginning. <laughs> oh, I guess we did. Yeah, with him. Yeah, you're right. The finale. Go, Luke. Go. I mean, the, this this whole train thing is just... It's everything you could want out of an action movie. It's just so great. What I, what I, my concern going into it was really just that, like, okay, they've built up this jump that he's going to make so much. They showed a whole clip before this movie even came out of experience Tom Cruise's stunt that he's going to do in Mission. And I was like, why? I don't want to experience it before I see the movie. I just want to see the movie. And, Though I still feel like I was a little disappointed that it was just like, that would have been great to experience live in the theater. It honestly was such a tiny part of this scene. I mean, it was built up by him saying, are you sure I should be going uphill even anymore? <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. You Simon knew it was character, like talking to him on the, on the computer. But, uh, but really, the actual action on the train is just wonderful, culminating in the crash and then them escaping that ridiculous... Last of Us, or not Last of Us, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Uncharted. Uncharted-like scene there at the end. It's just insane, but uh, it's just great. I mean, it just, it had everything. 
it had the spy element. Like I said, it feels like James Bond mixed with Fast and the Furious. And I mean, you know, obviously this came before a lot of that stuff, but it's just it's such a good mix of all the things that I enjoy in movies. And this scene was. I venture to say this is one of the best. Maybe the best scene of any Mission Impossible movie. As iconic as Ethan going in there on a wire in that safe and the sweat and catching all that, that's that's right up there. But this train scene is just so – I mean it's it's got so much, you know, a fight on top of the roof and then, you know, her, her knocking her out and then taking her place and having to like talk to the IMF director, uh, Kittredge. Oh, so Yeah, good. it's – it, it, like you know, it out uncharts uncharted basically. Like you know, uh, that opening scene in uh, Uncharted Two is great. You know, like on on the bottom of that train. But you know what? This is this is tremendous. Like there's so many moving parts of this that just add to the tension, add to the adrenaline rush that is this. And you know what? You know what's crazy? It's like the Mission Impossible franchise did that on top of a train fight with John Voight in in uh, the first one. But they yep. found a way to like do another on top of the train fight and it feel fresh. I think like when they like the moment they went into that tunnel and then like you feel like the unevenness <laughs> of the tunnel, like the lights and the different pieces of yeah. rock hanging down that they have to avoid while he's fighting and he's with a knife. It was like this is tremendous like this just and it just keeps building to the point where yeah the train crashes and this is just great like every level there's something new to deal with every level yep. of that train <laughs> we get to the kitchen and like there's a freaking grease fire to deal with while they're trying yep. to climb and, yep. and and grace is killing it in these scenes i mean like she's capable in her own way with being like a, a a thief and like i think like as time goes on she'll be really a good capable spy but action is she's not a do-it-all kind of person she's not going to do action yeah. the same way rebecca ferguson did in uh in this movie in the last yeah, movie that's her character yeah yeah so she's a different kind of character and so she's terrified anyone would be terrified i'd be freaking terrified <laughs> and so adding her in the scene and her giving the performance that she is <sighs> adds to the tension like the fact that ethan isn't just alone just doing his thing and just you know being perfect getting all the way up there he has to also make sure she's safe too. grab onto her move her across this before this freaking pianos fall and she's like no 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 she's like beyond words like you have to let go of me you have to let go (laughs) you know like i'd probably be freaking like that (laughs) yeah I thought it was cool too in this train scene. There was a pivotal moment there where she's about to transfer the money and basically just give it up to Kittredge and, and give it up to the American government, and uh, she chooses not to. It's kind of a pivotal moment, I think, for her character, where it's like she's now choosing, I think, to do what the IMF is is set up to do. You know, do what you right. have to do for the greater good and not just for the American government. She had a character change. Yeah, that was her opportunity for change when, uh, when uh, Ilsa died, you know, per- as they framed it, protecting her. I think that was her moment of change as a character where she had to make a decision. Yeah, but then I feel like she kind of went back on it right up until the moment when she decided not to take the money, right? Right. I think it's like 
it was all leading up to that. I think like she was like, okay, I have to do more with my life. I have to do something with my life. And if this is it, you know, even though I'm terrified to throw myself into situation, you know, because like for her, it's like she's having to face the potential of being arrested or something like that. And it's a situation she feels pretty confident she can get out of, but all these people want to kill her. <laughs> one to just straight yep. up kill her and so the fact that she's willing to go into the situation at all and then like when she's here it's like it kind of solidifies she's kind of leaving her old ways behind yeah um this, this is like going back a little bit but what, what did you think of ilsa's death you know they killed ilsa here she we've been with her for two movies yeah. at this point I don't know. Um, it's tough. I <laughs> I do have to say I went into the uh, Dead Reckoning Part 2 and her name's in it. So hmm. I don't know if that's just one of those things where uh, somebody just messed up. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think she's gone. I it well. I only. I mean, say I that. will say the movie definitely makes you want to say that. But right, it does because if they do a she's dead psych twice, I swear, Luke, I swear, <laughs> no, I, I I cannot abide by that. I, <laughs> no. Well, that was a pretty quick psych at the beginning. It was a quick psych. That was a she's dead. No, we all know she's not dead. Yeah, she's not dead. But still. You can't do it. It's against the rules. <laughs> against the rules to pull that crap twice. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was it was fine. I mean, it's hard to kill somebody that you kind of built up as such a big spy, great, you know, great ability at fighting and all this. And, uh, you know, so it's like if I had any complaint, it would be that, like, who's Gabriel? Who is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just would have liked her to maybe have fought somebody that we knew a little bit better, and we, you know, they had built him up as like, look, this, this person's been trained by the great master Jackie Chan or something like that, where it's like, okay, <laughs> that's what I want. This person too. has, you know, has has great ability, and there's a reason why she's not able to defeat them, and and instead it was just like. I don't know. We got this guy Gabriel. He's really good, you know. He's he's got his knife. <laughs> Cuz doesn't right. he start fighting her with a knife and she's got a sword? It's like okay, really? Yeah, it's one of those things. I think that's always been a problem with Mission Impossible. It's always hard to understand. I think they did a good, the only time they did a good job of it with with uh with uh Henry Cavill, but it's always hard to know what anyone's capable of. It's like it go at the end of Ghost Protocol unless you forgot that movie ends with Ethan fighting like a dude with a briefcase, like just a dude. He was just a guy. And then he's like fighting him this long fight scene. And you're like, well, why is he fighting him? Why is he spending any time fighting Seymour Hoffman in three? You know what I mean? You know, it's like yep. <laughs> it, it, there, it, uh, a villain or a hero is as strong as they, the story needs them to be. I guess it's like, why is grace able to fight? Gabriel at all like even at all because she we've established her as not a fighter and then it's like well why is Gabriel then able to beat Ilsa I don't know yeah <laughs> it's yeah. one of those things 
I mean, I I didn't really have a problem with us having an ending to her, but I, I guess I would have liked it to have been. I, I guess I just the only problem I had really was just who it was. Um, I think you know Gabriel's fine. It's just like we didn't have a lot of a foundation, and and even like what they've told us about him in this movie, it really sounded like he was just like a super fan of the AI, and it's just like he became a pawn for the AI, and he wanted to gain control of it. Um, right. So I, I don't. Uh, they never even say AI, so it's not really. No, not really. The entity. The entity is all they they ever really say. So right. And you knew it's coming. Like, which one of you? Ethan's gonna have to make a choice. One of you, one of them are, are gonna die, and it's like yeah. you know, you know, it's not gonna be Grace. It's That's just tough Ethan's new girlfriend. I, I really like Rebecca Ferguson, and I uh-huh. just I like what she's done in this show. And I feel like it was a, it's been a big break for her. I think as an actress, and yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed. So yeah, and, and like they. It was kind of weird because, like, at the end of Fallout, there was almost like this, okay, this is who you're supposed to be with, Ethan. Like, if you're going to go, like, the romance is very vague. It's like, or vaguely. Yeah. It's almost more like a, yeah, like a partnership, but (laughs) they love each other as, like, dear friends almost. Right. It's like a partnership, but then there's, like, a dash of sexual romance. You know what I mean? A little, uh, little, little wink. Wink, wink, wink. Because, yeah, at the end of Fallout, like, yeah, his wife pretty much, like, passed the torch, right? <laughs> you can move yeah. on with her. Yep. It's fine. Yep. <laughs> but no. I'm done doing these movies, Tom. <laughs> um, I have some questions to you, Luke, about the ending here. It feels... <laughs> Go ahead. It's not... Well, my question's not about Paris, you know, because Paris saves Grace and Ethan... Um, because he spared her. I, yeah, that's fine. I, I I buy that because I get what they're going for. You know, that Ethan is just... Ethan and his team have something different. Different, and they <laughs> change the equation in a way the entity fails to fully predict. That's, that's what I've taken away from it, and that Ethan's act of uh, not wanting to kill... Uh, Paris kind of set off like a chain of events, you know, and their trust of the trust he has in his team, it like kind of makes the entity not be able to fully be able to predict him. Um, I don't have a question too much about that. That that all worked fine, but Kirchrick, uh, sorry, I can't say his name right. The director, Kittrick, Kittrick, oh. thank you. What happened? So I, I get what he was doing. He was like, okay, I'm trying to, you know, do what I can to get the entity into our hands. I'm trying my bit at that. But then at the end there, he has like this, he has like the, this is your mission, Ethan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like the last monologue of the movie. Yeah. What happened? (laughs) Yeah. The only thing I can chalk it up to is like, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to explain. Yeah. I'm not really sure. It's this weird thing where it's like, he will do whatever he can to to accomplish a mission, but at the same time, he is willing to flex in the direction that he needs to to allow mm. Ethan to get done. But at the same time, he has this team of guys following Ethan trying right. to bring him in. Freeze! So it is this weird, like, he's literally, it feels like he's got feet in both, in both over the fence, you know, in both two different fields. I, I don't, that's not a good metaphor, but <laughs> it feels like he's, 
towing the line, I guess. Something like that. It really does. I mean, like, because I was like, what happened? I was like, I felt like I missed something. Like, did I miss a line where he was like, well, there's only one thing we can do now, and that's rely on Ethan, or something like that. Like, there was nothing like that. It was all very much just like, well... Well, they also Ethan. remember he lost Carrie Ooh's character, uh, Dillinger. Den, 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 Denlinger? Guess, Did he even yeah. know he was there? That, I was kind of like confused a little bit about that. Like, there's I don't a, know. There's a lot of different parties with a lot of different like goals converging on this train, and he has even a different goal than him, right? I, I didn't know if maybe that changed because now we've lost him, so it's like, well, we only have really one solution. We have to get this thing and and destroy it, and the Ethan's the only one who can do any of these things. So yeah, I have yeah, to be on the his side key now. At this point. I, it's like okay, yeah. he, and he's not going to sell it to anyone. So it's like he has it. He's going to do what he needs to do with it. Yeah, I. What I was going to say is, I just I feel almost like there's not enough meat left on the bone. It feels weird that we got this far in the story before part two begins. It feels like now it's just a race to the sub, and then here we are. <laughs> I have a prediction Fighting that that's only going to be a part of it. I think that like they're going to get to the sub I mean, maybe midway through. Only a part of it. There's right? going to be something more. And I have he okay. He's he's got to go to space at some point, right? Tom oh, must be just chomping at the bit to be like, get me actually. Not of this green screen bullcrap. Get me I want practical to boys. Space. Practical. I'm gonna die in space. You right? have to take off your helmet and suck the key in. Stop it. You have to do this with your final breath. Suck that key in. Something I'll always like put that. my team before Tom's like, myself. I have to do it. For real? <laughs> wait, wait, no, 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 no. you really don't. <laughs> I don't know. That didn't make any sense. But, but think about the, Luke. Your hands are tied behind your back. You have to bite it with your mouth. So break your helmet and oh bite the string that's about to fly off into space with the key on it. Look, the entity. Or everyone it, dies. It's only a part of it. The other part is at the source, the satellite. Center of the universe. Oh. <laughs> the center of the universe. Okay. I don't need to have Ethan. Luke, that's the next Warp movie. drive in the <laughs> that's same the movie. Next movie. Yeah, that's the next one. Fast X Dead Reckoning. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a crossover oh, we've been Cruise waiting meets for. Vin Diesel. <laughs> Were they in Rome at like this, like the next day or oh whatever? Oh my gosh! Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> there could be a crossover here. He just missed that giant rolling ball Listen, with the warhead. Your writers it. are on strike. Jordan and I got gotcha. you. Yeah, we're here for you. <laughs> Have we got a script for you? And properly packaged productions. Let's go, boys. We know Vin and Tom are just really just they don't want to wait. <laughs> <laughs> a fast, impossible mission. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> I think that does it. It's like the end of this movie. This uh, this show is off the tracks and into a gorge. Into space. Um, 
Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot they can do. I do. You do get that feeling though, where they're like, "Well, how much more is there to possibly?" Uh, I felt that way at the end of every single part one that we've had so far this year. I felt that way with with Spider Verse. I felt that way with Fast X. Like, how much more is there going to be after this dam? Like, seriously, you know? And like, I, I to where it's like, what movie is going to be built off the back of this ending? Like. It's kind of exciting because it, it means that you don't know what's coming. Right. That's, that, that's the best thing that you can expect from from a movie, really. I just hope that the trailer doesn't give everything away. I'm so sick of trailers showing so everything. Here's the best stunt in the movie. Here's the main character dying. <laughs> Here's the world imploding because they built an anti-gravity bomb. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's that's a nice thing about Oppenheimer. Honestly, I don't feel like they show a lot. That's one of my favorite things about that trailer. Right, right. We don't know what the f's gonna happen in that freaking movie. Well, I mean, I guess we do because of history and crap. But you know what I mean. Um, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest trailer of all history books. It, I think we do have a big question mark. When the heck is Part Two now gonna come out? Yeah, I don't know. With, I think. with SAG Afra and. Writers on strike, man. Because I looked it up, it's still in production. So yeah, they had to stop. It was supposed to come out next year, but no. Yeah, no, not gonna come out next year. I really don't think so. Which is know. so disappointing because it just would be a great one-two punch. Like, come back to theaters because you get awesome two-part movies like this. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Who knows? Who knows how this is gonna play out? It could be come to the theaters to watch, I don't know, Avengers or something. Yep. Jackass 12. Jackass 12. <laughs> we found some new guys. We found a movie so the, that don't require actors or writers. The, the guild, so we couldn't even get them. Oh, that's right. I'm sure, I don't know, Steve-O part of that? Probably. Okay. Why not? Yeah. I don't know. This uh, this podcast may come to a grinding halt. Screech. Well, yeah. We next have to start talking about old movies. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the video game and television news pick up. Maybe we'll just start reviewing old TV shows. Mm-hmm. All right. And this, uh, this week, we're talking about season three of Gilligan's Island. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why I went there, but... Gilligan's Island. Yeah. What happens to the crew this week? In this episode of the MASH retrospective. <laughs> Why am I picking shows from a similar era? But anyways, <laughs> next week. Bones, season six. Bones, season Can't six, wait. baby. Here we go. <laughs> the manifest or whatever. <laughs> but at least we get Oppenheimer before this all happened. So. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, there's still several ones coming down the gate. Are you going to see Barbie? Probably at some point. I don't yeah, think I'll see it in theaters. I plan to. I just uh, I haven't picked a day yet. I'm going to probably see Barbie at some point. But yeah, Oppenheimer, that's priority number one, baby. And we're seeing it tomorrow night. So we'll be here to, whew, to break it all down. I'll try to. I feel like I need to bring a notepad or something tomorrow when we go, but no. I'm just <laughs> try to absorb what I can. Yep. 
I'm in half it's faith exciting. that it's not going to be another Tenet podcast. Lord have mercy. Oh, so good. So good, but that was a that was a painful podcast. We go back to it. We were so confused. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love how I feel like the world has come together to agree that Christopher Nolan's movies are all event movies and that everyone oh, should yeah. come see them. Because it's great because it means that Christopher Nolan gets to keep doing what he's doing, and I love what he's doing. So yep. keep it up. Well, we'll see you tomorrow, Luke. It will be fun. Indeed. See ya.